Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to another episode of We Do Music, the podcast that connects us to inspiring leaders in the music industry. I'm your host, Meg Porter, and this week we sat down with Tracy Robertson. Tracy is a very accomplished singer, arranger, teacher, and vocal percussionist who has performed around the world in various groups. Join us as we talk through Tracy's inspiring journey through the realm of acapella and improvisation, the magic of singing with others, and the power of human connection. I am so excited to share our very deep and intriguing conversation. So without further ado, please welcome Tracy Robertson. Usually I like to start with just a little bit of background. So if you could just speak to an overview of of your roots and kind of take us back to the beginning, I'd say. Sure. So um, my... Back to the very beginning, my parents met because my dad was directing a women's barbershop chorus that my mom joined. And so that was how I got my start doing music. Um, I was around four-part acapella singing from the get-go. And it's kind of funny to see how through the twists and turns, I've kind of found my way back to that, essentially. I'm back to doing a lot of work with um, well, what I have been doing is, uh, a lot of work with vocal groups, a lot of work with acapella groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I grew up singing in, you know, singing in, in choir, singing in the barbershop chorus that my dad directed. Um, and then also playing some instruments. I played saxophone in school and played, um, took piano lessons. And I ended up having a teacher in middle school that was super influential for me. Um, and he, introduced me to the world of uh, making money through music, which is playing in bars, actually playing steel drums of all things, Mm. um, and playing in weddings and and some parades and stuff like that, um, just because it's kind of a weird niche thing. And Mm -hmm. so I love um, people like that, by the way, I I feel like everyone has those those mentors during when we're younger, you know, during school. Yes. That look out for us. I love those people. Yeah, so I'm so grateful for him. Yeah, he he really got me going. Dan Hammond, he's the bomb, um, and he's now a band director um, at Alexandria Bay School District up in upstate New York. But yeah, he he also got introduced me to uh, drum corps, and I'd kind of always been sensitive to rhythm. I actually took dance lessons when I was really little, and I just yeah, I just love moving to music. The the rhythm thing is in my system. So he really got me started with that. Got me connected with that part of myself, and and the steel drum band that I was playing in really was integral because that introduced me to that was my first introduction to music that wasn't American music you know so that was really great just all those afro-caribbean styles and obviously that we crossed over into some of the just the traditional like brazilian music latin music stuff so and then uh since then you know i ended up going to i did two years of school to state school in new york state um which was kind of that ended up actually being kind of on a whim because everybody knows it's not smart to go to school for music. So I was going to go to school for science. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I found myself deciding, well, I want to minor in music. I don't want and then if I wanted to minor, I had to, you know, still audition to be in whatever music school was going to be at, whatever school I'd be studying music or studying science at. I realized this is actually what I want to do. And then I ended up at a classical based music school realizing, holy crow, here I am going to school for music. And I never did research on music schools. So then I ended up looking at schools, found Berkeley pretty readily and ended up auditioning at Berkeley and was lucky to be given enough financial help that it made sense to take advantage of that opportunity. Yes. So And so let's talk about where you're at today. So I guess sure. in terms of the world of acapella and, and just professional. I know you've, I feel like you've done it all. You've had experience with collegiate groups, professional groups, 
you've traveled. I mean, you're a vocalist, beatboxer, arranger, teacher. You kind of like dabble in everything. So what's that journey been like for you? Sure. Um, it's so interesting talking about it in past tense because it's so present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm just learning a lot right now. I'm um, realizing I'm going back and remembering like what are those things that I've done along the way that have really felt that extra special kind of right. And I'm investigating whether or not those are things that I can do um, to pay my bills. And so one of the things that I've, you know, realized of all the things that I've done that I really, uh, really particularly enjoy doing is this improv stuff, this vocal uh, vocals on vocals, improvisation, and this exploration of how to create a piece of music in the moment that feels like something that feels good. It grooves, it does something in your body, and then also tells a story. And, and how is it that, you know, you can, what are some, what's some language that you can learn, mm-hmm. quote unquote, right. um, that empowers you to have a conversation with someone musically, uh, just, you know, voice to voice or obviously whatever instruments, but, mm-hmm. but working with vocalists ends up being what I've been done, what I've done the most of and, and just teaching that stuff. Um, teaching how to take that conversation somewhere. Yeah, because that's a different skill. That's a whole other thing. Like, I, there's one. It's one thing to like teach someone a vocal part. It's another thing to like surrender to the unknown and kind of step into that place vocally. Speak to that a little bit. I'm, I'm curious. That's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. One one of my favorite things. So Bobby McFerrin is a huge um, mm-hmm. idol of mine, of course. And uh, one of the things that he said that I'll never forget was. Um, he motion is the word that he used. It's it's improvisation is just about motion. You just kind of you know the way I th- end up thinking of it is like you fall forward. It's like there's this inevitable reality that you know of change. Change right. is the reality, and you can either be bashed up against the shore or you can be on a surfboard, mm-hmm. and it's kind of up to you. But like change is gonna happen, you know. And so motion is just inevitable. It's always happening, and so you just start making noise, and then you take it somewhere you know Mm -hmm. it's way it's super scary to like write from scratch but arranging seems to not be quite so scary you know so you have to give yourself something to arrange so just start with motion sound essentially you know and then and then we go from there and that's kind of that ends up being the starting place it's a really interesting thing to get people to do and of course in teaching this what makes it easier just now as an example of it, it's a matter of setting parameters. You set some mm-hmm. parameters, you limit the options so that people don't feel like they're actually in outer space. Right. They can imagine for themselves that they're in a tiny little box that they feel safe in, right. just like back at the very beginning of life. <laughs> and uh, and then they like make their way from there, you know, and you start to expand the box or you change the box so that they learn very in a safe and quote unquote safe environment, right. how to explore this other kind of box. And then you combine the boxes, you know, mm-hmm. and then you take them out of that combined box into another teeny tiny box and you get them exploring in that box and then you add that box to the first two. So is this something that like, are you teaching this to certain groups to to strengthen their creativity, their their bond together as groups? Like wh- where do you see this being applied? Or is this at camps? Like what? Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, the application is really exciting to me to think about. Um, I'm still exploring that. It gives me goosebumps. Like it's such a it's such a different approach or like a different way of of you know just there's so many I guess there's so many avenues to explore in acapella and vocal music that I wasn't even thinking of. And this is very 
like left, you know. Totally. And it's so interesting. My brain just went in so many directions as you were saying that. One thing <laughs> real quick. First of all, the stuff that I'm quote unquote teaching, like I'm it's I'm putting my spin on it for sure. But my spin, all that really is, is just it's me finding the common denominators between the different things that I found that existed already. You know, a lot of what I'm teaching, I learned from Rhiannon, um, mm-hmm. who is a member of Voice Show with Bob McFerrin and Joey Blake, who is a member of Voice Show with Bob McFerrin and a little bit from Bob McFerrin. There's a lineage of this of this stuff that um, this uh, Rhiannon wrote a book and she has like this curriculum uh, that she's developed. There's um, the Vocal River. You can look that up online. And there's different people that are teaching classes about this kind of thing online. But um, but I'm really borrowing from their stuff and just kind of combining it with whatever else that I've run into along the way. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. In terms of application, um, skill development-wise for acapella groups specifically, it's all about instrumental vocal singing, which is actually the title of a class that Joey taught or maybe teaches still at Berkeley. You know, what's that about? It's, a, it's about using the voice as an instrument, um, holding, which which ends up, seeming maybe kind of obvious in a sense, but it ends up not being so obvious because there's this discussion about, you know, what is it that, you know, when instrumentalists are bashing on vocalists, what are they bashing on vocalists about? You know, there's, there's stuff, there's time that instrumentalists have put in that oftentimes vocalists haven't put in Mm -hmm. for developing a certain world of skill in the realm of music. And so by doing these exercises, it, it, it's kind of a fun way to get singers thinking a little more concretely about skills that are relevant for being a working musician. And even if you don't intend to be a working musician, just to just to have some kind of understanding like, oh, I like I like this song. Why do I like this song? Oh, listen to this. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking in this way, when I listen to this song, I'm noticing not just the melody, but I'm noticing the harmony part along with the melody. I'm noticing what the background vocalists are doing. I'm noticing that the background vocalists sing this thing and then the horn players have this response. There's this mm-hmm. this call and response thing. There's a conversation right. taking place in all these background parts, you know. So just getting people noticing that kind of stuff. I'd love to also kind of get your thoughts and talk about the importance and value of building community and singing with others. I know this kind of bleeds into what we just touched on in some ways. Um, but I was thinking about you and like and something that just really stands out about you and uh, I think is your, you have this warm, grounded, attentive energy on stage and off. And I think maybe it plays off of, you know, your foundational role as a beatboxer in that rhythm section and like holding down the foundation for the group. When I'm in your presence, whether it's a performance or a conversation, I always feel so seen and safe and super connected. And, you know, I think that it also, like it's who you are, but it also speaks to the example of how acapella bonds and brings people together in such a unique way. And yeah, I don't know if you if anything comes to mind there, but I'd love to just hear I know you've you've had the chance to sing with so many different people in so many groups. And just, you know, why why do you feel it's important to build community and and I guess as it relates to acapella? Community this this like working towards um like-mindedness and and the kind of surrender that takes place in order to fall back into to relax into one-mindedness you know like Mm -hmm. oneness with with each other um that's you know i mean that's how we can solve a lot of big huge problems you know i think that there's they talk about the science that get released when you're like when uh when you like have a baby or you're having sex or you're singing with someone it's like the same 
chemical reaction mm-hmm. situation going on in the brain. And I think that's exciting. And yeah, in terms of seeing with different people, I mean, that's been, you know, that ends up being the whole game. Like, like, what does it feel like when I'm seeing with this person? And, and what do I feel like when I'm seeing with this person? And, and what does that person feel like when they're seeing with me? And, and, and when it feels good, like, Oh, awesome. You know, <laughs> right, and also, right. and also, I don't know. I mean, this, this just ends up being life stuff. It's like, I think, you know, hopefully we have the, the privilege. This is truly a privilege, um, of feeling secure enough that we start to get a little bit excited about reaching in, you know, reaching out into situations that, um, that don't feel as comfortable as immediately, you know, mm-hmm. and, and obviously as a professional musician, you just find yourself like you just have to doing your thing, making your magic in whatever setting you've been put in. So I teach at this acapella camp called acapella Academy in the summers. Yes. And at the end of the week, we have a performance and parents come flying in literally from around the world to see their kids perform at the end of this camp. And the, and the parents love the performance, like tearfully love it. And what I tell them is like, as cool as what it is that you just saw, like that is literally just the period at the end of the sentence. Like right. that's like a little mm-hmm. dot. It's not even a letter of a word. Mm-hmm. It's a dot of ink at the end of everything that has actually taken place here. And so for you to have felt that much from that, you know, for, from this performance, mm-hmm. like that's just so stinking cool. So for a person to like sit in the middle of the circle, you know, especially, and this ends up pointing to back to like the community thing that you were talking about. I think a lot of, you know, one of the reasons why the acapella thing has blown up in the way that it has is because it's, that is like what it's about. People show up at school, they audition for the college. I mean, they are, or high school now, middle school, even it's totally blown up, but Mm -hmm. For us, you know, showed up at college. I knew about Pitch Slap before I even got there and, you know, auditioned for this group. When I'm auditioning, I'm using my voice. My voice is like, it's not like, oh, my saxophone's a little out of tune today. Well, I'm just going to push in or, you know, like it's, you know, I need to take it to the shop to get fixed. No, if like my voice is messed up, that's me that's messed up. So when I'm singing, when anybody is singing, we're like giving something of ourselves that's a little different. So I'm giving this piece of myself. And then when I give this piece of myself, I'm accepted for it into this group that I'm excited to be a part of. And then being in this group, what is that? I mean, just from the get go, like this becomes, that becomes the primary social circle for the four years of being in college. Right. In my case, you know, yeah. that ends up being their family. Like that is their yeah. crew yeah. and it ends up being ride or die well past college. Another interesting thing, like in America, you know, in the modern world, people leave their hometown to go to college. They, they meet someone there that they connect with deeply enough that they decide to make that person. They choose that person to be their community, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, their primary social circle, just all in that one person, you know, and, and hopefully we branch out of that. But Um, But then we, you know, build, you know, we build our life from there, you know. And so going to college and joining an acapella group, that's like our first opportunity to to experience what it's like to do the whole chosen family. What are some things I know you mentioned uh, acapella academy? What are some of the things that stand out to you the most from that experience? Things that you've learned or things that have stood out from working with kind of the next generation of acapella? I think the biggest takeaway that comes to mind right now is just that. It seems like everyone under the age of 25 and then go down another five years under the age of 20 and then another five years under the age of 15. It's like I think that there's a level of privilege maybe that like runs concurrently with this. And it's not like super, super high privilege, but basically it's possible for people 
at the age of, you know, 15 nowadays to have a sense of a sense of self Mm. that is. And I guess when I say self, maybe I'm getting at like this, like greater self thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but higher self. Yeah. Higher self. Like, but these kids that are that, you know, that are that age that are pursuing art um, and, and maybe other things, but I just, this is my experience with these, these singers. They're just the kinds of conversations that we're able to have in the downtime at that camp and the kinds of things that they're aware of. It's like, I'm 29 and they're like talking about stuff, like philosophical self-helpy ideas that were news to me a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're 10 years younger than me or more. Oh, that gives me butterflies. That's so cool. It's so crazy. And so then so then it's interesting because I end up noticing for myself, like, wow, like I'm so socialized by this, by a system that has been pulling me away from self, you know, and, mm-hmm. or at least that's how I've engaged with it so far. You know, I've been, yeah. So, so that's been really cool for me is to just learn from them. Um, and how is it that as a teacher, I can facilitate an environment where people start getting super excited about supporting each other, mm-hmm. like through it all. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, you just like motion, just celebrating people choosing to take action. Right. Um, and, and trusting that, that once we have action, we can start to straighten that out and point it in a direction that looks exciting. Like, what is the amount of excitement that I can possibly get from watching someone try something new for them? That's scary, you know, and mm-hmm. how can I help them to feel excited about having done something that that initially scared them that they totally made it through just fine and if anything have now learned something about themselves yes that's beautiful i just want to touch a little bit on beatboxing specifically because your voice is your instrument and your role is to really embody that rhythm section and be that foundation um how does what goes into being that for the group and you know with all of your experience i guess what what makes like a next level beatboxer sure um i remember making a discovery maybe like 2 years into being in pitch slapped that really excited me and i we were singing because of you and ingrid was singing the solo and i realized that there were super super subtle intricacies of like what i was doing with the hi hat sound Pretty much that, like, that's where my intentionality was. Inevitably, I was, you know, working what the kick drum and snare drum sound were doing around, you know, in and around whatever my intention was with the hi-hat. But but it was through the cymbal play that I was able to have a conversation with Ingrid's phrasing that just, yeah, it just, like, popped a bubble for me. And I'm not sure how to explain it, but but basically the role of the vocal percussionist in the acapella group for a long time, I think has been, you know, either I'm like the cowbell, like mm-hmm. boom, got boom, got <laughs> boom, got boom, hold it down. Just stay right there. So that nobody falls off the train. And like, and that's, that's a job, you know, there is a, a meditative quality to that. Maybe if you want to go yes, there with yes. it, but I think, I don't know that it gets to that point for a lot of people. Um, and then there's like the beatboxer. It's like an it's like a beatboxer accompanied by acapella group where they're just like going in, um, doing their thing. And so, yeah, it's just like the, the marrying of the two. It's the, the balance again, huh? We're back. And then I think what's, what's interesting too, something that I recognize is like, I am a singer. And so I have, 
practiced the kinds of things that singers practice, mm-hmm. and I have um, not practiced the kinds of things that drummers practice. And so if I'm serving the role of a drummer in an ensemble and I haven't put in the time that drummers put in to be a drummer, then like there's going to be some interesting stuff that's going to happen, you know? (laughs) And so it's just a thing that I'm constantly present to. Um, and, and so I end up really appreciating. It's like when you, you know, just hearing a vocal percussionist who actually keeps steady time and is also creative and is also, you know, creative in conversation with the ensemble, like Mm -hmm. actually listening. That's just, I mean, that's what a professional drummer does. Like they're a part of the ensemble, you know, and, and, and also what ends up being really cool is when a vocal percussionist gets an opportunity to do their thing. When a drummer gets to play with a band that is comprised of players that all keep time. Cause then it's like, yes, there's home is here. It's being given very clearly, but, but at some point, the drummer is just another player. There's a level at which this idea of like a role starts to fall away. You know, the bass player is going to stay low mm-hmm. and the the trumpet, you know, T1 is going to stay super high. Um, and the vocalist is going to be, you know what I mean? Like, but in terms of role, I don't know. I think that there's a level at which that kind of starts to open up again. Yeah. That's so interesting to think about. I've never thought of it that way. The drummer, the drummer isn't really driving it. Like time Mm -hmm. is what time is. Mm -hmm. And once you're playing with a bunch of players that recognize that time is what time is, then the drummer doesn't have to tell everybody what time is. And then the drummer gets to play. So, so I think that's a thing that doesn't happen as often in, in vocal groups. And, and so that's, just exciting to see. And, and so I, you know, every once in a while I get an opportunity to jam as the drummer with like a a actual bass player. Mm -hmm. And I learn because they like, I'm being held to a standard that's new and it's really, really good for me. I appreciate it so much. And I'm also always like, I'm so sorry, but yeah, (laughs) I'm just like, just learning, you know? And, and I recognize like, Oh yeah, I've spent, you know, one trillionth the amount of time with a metronome that that a drummer has spending mm-hmm. eight hours in a practice room for wow. four years of college and then through a master's degree or you know or just like playing with click tracks in church every sunday since you're however old like right. that's just that's so wow. good it's so powerful uh, that's cool yeah well to wrap things up i always love to end with a little bit of of wisdom and kind of advice for others generally speaking singers vocal percussionists people in that realm in the acapella space, you know, what advice would you have for, for folks who want to do what you do? Just get to know yourself as Mm. a person, be brave to get clearer and clearer about that. And through that, you'll find yourself recognizing whose advice you want to take and whose advice you don't. And through that, you will find what it is that's actually interesting enough to you for you to want to continue doing it regardless of how the dollar signs flow. I think it's a matter of listening and take care of your body, sleep well, eat well, drink a lot of water. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, that is that feels more valuable as advice because I just I don't think that my path is actually so indicative of anybody else's path. When when you can choose connection with people, you know, like see see how it is that you can relate, like pick the most different person from you in the entire world and like play games with how it is that you could be the same as them cuz like we're all super super similar. Where does that come from for you? Cuz I've always felt that from you, just the word connection, just I feel like you will lean in to everyone in the world. 
And I think that that's rare and that's so cool. And I want to be more like that. Where does that come from? Is that just how you were raised? Like, is that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, man, I'm not sure. And, and it's interesting too, because lately I've been like in the past few years, I've been kind of, uh, I've become more introverted in a sense. Like, mm. and I guess what that means is like, I'm just getting to know myself well enough to, I'm more inclined to like let myself sit at home. There's, there was extroversion started to feel like an obligation to me for a while. And I, mm. and I, and I lived in that world of extroversion as an obligation for long enough that I really like, like burnt myself good. Yeah. But I don't know, like, where does that come from? Like, um, let's see if I was going to try and give a reason. Like, like when I was little and there was like rehearsals going on all the time in my house, or I was just a little toddler or baby, like at rehearsals like with the in the barbershop mm -hmm. world you know with my parents I was just always meeting people always meeting adults and people asking me questions and then like I was just like around people all the time and, and also being a little kid around adults like we see how adults treat little kids like you get treated amazing so I thought the world was like that forever <laughs> yes. you know and so if that's if that ends up being if if my schema for how the world is gets built on that then like what is that lead to you know right that's that's the foundation and then and then there's some like there's some um there that's not universally true of course and so there ends up being some discovery through that i mean you know basically like some some pendulum swinging you know but mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that is where that is where the foundation is i'm grateful for you thank you for doing this so thank cool. you for having me